the volume. The Draymond Green Show is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get payouts in as fast as two hours. There's so many bet types. My favorite same-game parlay bets. There's live betting, player props, futures. If you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. To get started now, sign up. Please use the promo code Colin. C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook makes it easy. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. Today is our 12th episode, and we have a first-time All-Star today. Uh, The leader of one of the biggest surprises in the NBA this year. Also a fellow Clutch Sports client uh, who's taken a huge leap this year. Uh, I've started to build a relationship with this guy probably about four years ago. Um, And it is exciting to see him just really coming into his own. You knew the talent was there. You knew the shot was there. You knew the ball handling was there. I think I'm actually on record uh, saying this, and if not, I will go on record saying this. Everyone always asks me, uh, who's the toughest player for you to guard in the league? And over the last couple of years, that's changed for me. And the reason that has changed is because our guest today has changed that for me. And that is Darius Garland, uh, who is, I mean, he's just so quick and shifty. And like, obviously, you know, he can shoot the lights out of the ball. So, you know, he'll hit you with one of these and you let up and boom, he, he's gone. Uh, so, you know, he got a lot of irky-jerky to him. So definitely uh, one of the toughest guys I've had to guard. And as you know, we like to go around the association. And so it's very fitting uh, that DG will be on the show today because obviously going around the association today, we're going to talk some all-star replacements. But most importantly, we are going to talk NBA trade deadline. Obviously, it's fast and approaching later this week, but the moves has already started happening. 
And so I want to get into those a little bit, kind of share my thoughts on a couple of trades. Um, and I would love to hear back from y'all uh, through social media, um, Twitter, Instagram, uh, whatever you decide. I would love to hear your thoughts on the trades because I have some thoughts as well. You know, but first, I want to congratulate uh, DeJounte Murray on um, be- becoming a first-time All-Star and LaMelo Ball as well for becoming a first-time All-Star. Uh, DeJounte is replacing me for the Western Conference All-Stars. LaMelo is replacing Kevin Durant for the Eastern Conference All-Stars. And I can remember back to my first time making getting that All-Star call. And, I mean, it's incredible. Like, you know, you grow up your entire life watching the All-Star game and like, man, I want to be an All-Star one day. And the reality is it's such a far-fetched goal. Uh, the, even once you get to the NBA, you know, I, especially for me as a second-round pick, like, I had no clue how I was going to get on the floor, let alone become an all-star. So getting that now for the first time, uh, I think it is extremely incredible. And in this instance, a DeJounte Murray, who a lot of teams didn't draft uh, because they didn't draft DeJounte Murray because they said he was homeschooled. They didn't draft him because they said he had character issues and, and background issues and, you know, his family's doing this and his family doing that. And... The reality is, is DeJounte is one of the better guys in our league as far as just as far as a person, just being a person, a human being goes. And yet he was judged off his circumstances. And what do I mean by judged off his circumstances? Uh, you can't decide the family that you're born into. You can't decide the city that you grow up in. Uh, you can't decide what what happened in your family before you or even when as a child growing up. That's not your decision, and yet you're talking a kid who was, who sat in the green room until the 29th pick, if I'm not mistaken, um, due to his circumstances, and he was drafted lower because of his circumstances. And you know, quite frankly, that was a mistake. Uh, and so, stop judging um, people, and especially basketball players, and but just people in general off their circumstances. Because sometimes you just can't control that. And DeJounte Murray is a prime example of that. And to see him put the work in to, you know, I, I watch DeJounte often. He stays in, he stay in San Antonio in the summer and work, 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 work. And it shows in his game. He's gotten better every year. So to see him get that all-star now was beautiful because he deserves it. And he's done it the right way. Hard work, never quitting. Uh, had an ACL injury his second year. Continued to work. Uh, when when San Antonio signed him to his contract, a lot of people said they were dumb, uh, that they were crazy. And yet now he's probably one of the biggest bargaining contracts in the NBA. Uh, but I thought, you know, when he signed that contract, San Antonio did take a leap of faith, you know, and betting on him before he had really amounted to anything. And I think, uh, you know, DeJounte and Rich did a great job of taking a deal uh, that at that time you were uncertain. So if you can get, I think, he signed a $40 million contract. If you can get $40 million in your pocket, especially for a young kid like DeJounte, I think he was 22 years old when he signed that deal, you do that. And so I think that was great on all ends, and it's paid off. Uh, we had a trade hop off today. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton and Sabonis trade uh, between the Kings and the Pacers. I was shocked by this one. And the reason I was shocked is I just could not foresee the Sacramento Kings trading Halliburton. I also had heard rumors, uh, and I think we all had heard rumors, of De'Aaron Fox uh, possibly going to Indiana. 
And so if I'm if I'm evaluating this trade and knowing that the rumors were Fox for Sabonis and now it's uh, Tyrese Halliburton for Sabonis, I would have to say that the Pacers won that trade. Uh, because if 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 the Kings were going into it thinking that they were going to trade uh, De'Aaron Fox, and again, I hear the rumors just like y'all hear the rumors. I don't know what the hell goes on inside the Kings organization, just like you don't know what goes on. Only thing you know is what you read. Only thing I know is what I read. And what I was reading was it'll be, it'll be De'Aaron Fox. I had heard things before about how how much the Kings love Tyrese Halliburton and then playing against him. Uh, he's a, like he's just a winning player. Like he plays winning basketball. He makes guys better. You can tell how the guys respond to him that they enjoy playing with him. And so I was a little shocked by that. And and from the outside looking in and just through the things I read, if the if it is true that the Kings went in thinking we're going to trade Darren Fox and they ended up trading Holly Burton, I would have to say the Pacers won that trade because they weren't really looking looking forward to moving or they weren't really going to move forward uh, with Sabonis. And they had kind of already made that clear uh, through the reports that I had seen that they were, that everybody was kind of up for grabs. And they also made it clear with another trade that we'll get into in a second. But if they got Holly Burton out of that deal, which they did, then I would have to say they won that trade. They also got Buddy Hill, um, which I'm not sure what their plans are. And then then obviously Tristan Thompson. And I'm not sure what their plans are uh, with Buddy. Like, will they move Buddy on? Will they buy Tristan Thompson out? Like, uh, I think all of that stuff is up in the air. Um, But, you know, Buddy is definitely a a valuable asset. And whether they keep Tristan or not, uh, Tristan – he does his job. He always has. He's going to rebound the basketball. He's going to set great screens. He's going to do what Tristan does. So very interesting trade. Uh, I don't think it's it's complete, though, uh, as far as what will happen with the guys that were still that were also a part of the trade and not just the two top guys, which is Holly Burton and Sabonis. So I don't think that trade is complete, and I'm looking forward to sitting back uh, watching that one unfold if something else happens with it. We also had C.J. McCollum traded. C.J. McCollum was traded from the Portland Trailblazers to the New Orleans Pelicans. And C.J. was traded for Josh Hart, uh, Nikhil Walker-Alexander, Didi Lozada, a first-round pick, and two second-round picks. Um, That was also an interesting trade. I didn't didn't foresee C.J. going to the Pelicans, uh, but... I'm here for it because, number one, I think that gives the Pelicans a better chance at winning. And Willie Green is my guy. Uh, We won a championship together. We're both from the state of Michigan. Uh, Willie Green, Terror, my young guy, Mace. Absolutely love Mace. And so to see them acquire a piece like C.J. McCollum to, to add in with the guys that they already have, I think that's a beautiful trade for the New Orleans Pelicans. I was shocked. Uh, that that was the trade that Portland made. But I thought that was a beautiful trade for the New Orleans Pelicans. You add a, a, a the type of player like CJ. And if I'm not mistaken, I think CJ just has signed an extension. So you also add him for a couple of years in all hopes that you're going to get Zion back. Maybe not this year, but next year. Um, you still have Brandon Ingram there. So that brings in another ball handler, another score. I like that move for the Pelicans, and I and I'm I'm excited about that move for them for Willie Green in particular because, like I said, that is my guy. 
And then, obviously, in speaking of our guest that we spoke about uh, that'll be on the show today in Darius Garland, I'd be remiss if I don't talk about the Karis LeVert uh, trade. And, and I'll save that one because I want to talk through that trade with Darius and get his thoughts on it and how he feel about it. But just quickly, I like that trade for the Cavs. They seem like they're going all in for it and, and that they're really trying to build something special. Karis is still fairly young uh, with their young, their, their young core. And so... Uh, We'll see where that one goes, but we'll also talk about that one later in the show uh, with DG, the PG, that is. You know, the Blazers also made another trade earlier this week, and that was Nor- or this weekend, and that was Norman Powell and Robert Covington um, headed to the Clippers. That move was very interesting for me because it, it tells you a lot about where the Clippers are as a franchise. It tells you a lot about Ty Lue as a coach. You know, Ty Lue is never willing to just tank. Like, Ty Lue is a, an incredible coach, and he's always trying to win. And that organization, with that trade, they showed you that they're still trying to win regardless of Kawhi out, regardless of PG being out and kind of uncertainty around that. And will he return? Will he not? We saw him shooting shots with his left hand just the other day. So... I mean, even and and of course we heard reports that he'll he'll get another MRI on uh, February 24th, which is still a couple weeks away. And so, just with the uncertainty of that, I was a little shocked by this move, but but I understand it because it it also it shows you how they're feeling as a franchise. But most importantly, even if it does absolutely nothing for this year, Norman Powell signed a five-year contract uh, with the Portland Trailblazers this past summer. So you still have that asset moving forward. And as Kawhi come back into the fold, as Paul George come back into the fold, you still have an incredible piece to push in with those guys. And that'll probably move, I mean, depending on what lineups they go with, possibly uh, you have Norman Powell coming off the bench, which, you know, Norman Powell is a a very good player, dynamic player. He scores the basketball well. He plays his role, doesn't do too much. So, uh, that was a very interesting trade. And then obviously Robert Covington, you know what you're getting. You're getting the threes, you're getting defend, a defender, a uh, solid player who's always going to help a winning team. So I like that trade uh, for the Clippers. I, I was shocked by it because you just didn't see it coming. Like, didn't see them making a move like that, especially with their two top dogs down. I respect it. Uh, like I said, uh, that's that's what happens when you have a guy like Ty Lue coaching who's just never really going to accept tanking. Like, that's just not what he does. And he's shown that. Uh, and then also, we've all, we've had the Ben Simmers and the James Harden rumors. I don't quite know what to think of these rumors. Um, you can kind of only just watch and see how it plays out. If you're the Brooklyn Nets, I'm sure they're fi- probably feeling like with what they gave up, they have to try to give it at least one chance to work. Uh, with all their guys hopefully healthy. Uh, But who knows where that goes. You know, you kind of heard it wasn't happening, and Steve Nash came out and said James Harden is not getting traded at the deadline. We've heard that story before. We've read that that book before. We've seen the ending to that movie where someone comes out and say, oh, man, this person isn't getting traded, and then it happens. Uh, In saying that, I don't think James Harden will get traded. Uh, I think can't really foresee it, but it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with that, with the reports that's coming out of Brooklyn uh, and also the reports that's coming out of Philly. Daryl Morey is the same guy who brought James Harden to the Houston Rockets, paid him a max contract before he had proven that he can be the face of a franchise, and yet we know what what happened there. And so I know they have a, 
a good relationship. Um, I've heard rumors that James could possibly end up in Philly. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait that one out to see. But I am very excited to see what happens with Ben Simmons. Does he stay? Does he go? If he does stay, what does that mean for the rest of the year for Philly? What does that mean for Philly moving forward? I am very interested in seeing what happens with that. But uh, as we spoke about earlier, uh, our guest, first-time All-Star, Darius Garland from the Cleveland Cavaliers. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. As we spoke about earlier on the show, uh, excited to welcome first-time all-star, from Gary, Indiana, which most of y'all don't actually know, and I know that obviously due to our relationship, but also because I had a teammate, a college teammate from Gary, Indiana, and Brandon Dawson, who swears up and down by Gary, Indiana, like it's like um, Saginaw, Michigan or something. I don't know why why he swear up and down about it like that. No, but honestly, um, from Gary, Indiana, moved to Tennessee, uh, 
in the sixth grade, if I'm not mistaken. Right, DG? Seven, seven. Seven grade. Seven grade. And I actually heard, well, first off, let me properly introduce him. Like I said, first time all-star, face of the Cleveland Cavaliers organization, Darius Garland. Welcome to the show, my brother. Appreciate you, Brody. And I appreciate you coming on. But I do want to hear a little more about that because I, I actually had heard that you and your family relocated from Gary, Indiana to Tennessee for your basketball. Um, I mean, it wasn't all about basketball. Um, Gary, I mean, as a lot of people know, it's a tough place to come up. Um, and then, like, it wasn't the same Gary that my parents grew up in. So they wanted a better life for me. So. Uh, the school systems weren't the same, so they wanted me to get a better better education. And, um, yeah, I mean, we just made a leap of faith and just moved to Nashville, packed up everything and just moved down there just to get a better education, just make my life better. And, um, hey, I mean, it's doing well so far. <laughs> no, nah, it, it definitely paid off. And you, if I also heard, you, you joined the varsity team in eighth grade? Yeah, eighth grade. How much did you play once you joined the varsity team? Like that eighth grade year, did you play a lot or not much? Bro, I played two games. Uh, okay. The varsity coach, he was like kind of nervous because I was smaller than everybody. Um, my dad didn't think I was ready physically to be playing with <laughs> older guys. So, I mean, they held me back for a long time. And then um, we got to state. So we had like semifinals of state. So I played that game against our rival, uh, Ainsworth. And then I played in semi-state against uh, Father Ryan. That was the only two games that I played for varsity in my three year. And the the second game that you played, did, did y'all lose that game and were out of the tournament or something? Or the season just kept progressing and, and they stopped playing you? How did that work? Uh, yeah, we lost. We lost. Okay. Uh, yeah, the season was over with. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then your freshman season, you go on to lead the team to a championship. Yeah, freshman year. Uh, the state championship game was crazy, actually. Uh, we was down by 20 going to half and uh, came back, rallied on, and won my first state championship. Yeah, I, out of I four, won out two. Of four, might as well, you know. You won four state championships? Yeah, I won four in a row. Wow, that's impressive. I don't know, I don't know if, if, if that makes you that good or is basketball that bad in Tennessee. We got to find that out. <laughs> we got a teammate that played basketball in Tennessee. I have a teammate that played basketball in Tennessee. James. Oh, of course. Duh, Bozo. <laughs> yeah, of course he did. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, yeah. I mean, he ain't off the hook either. <laughs> He's not off the hook either. No, and 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 you were three-time Tennessee Miss Mr. Basketball. Uh, you go on in 2018 to win a national player of the year. And then you go on to play one season at Vanderbilt. Now, interesting enough, you played one season, but not really. Uh, talk, walk, walk me through your, your one season you played at Vanderbilt. Um, so, I mean, we got on campus around August, went in early for summer classes, um, went through that whole ordeal, and then we get towards the season. So, uh, first, first couple of games were smooth. Started out well, played against USC. That was really good. They had Kevin Porter. I was at that game, by the way. I came to that game. 
Sure. I sat on the baseline and what I was at, the, I remember that game. Yeah, so that was a good one. Um, and I think that was the game that really put me on the map, to be honest Absolutely. with you. Um, and then we go home, play some non-conference games, and we play against Kent State, actually from Ohio. And um, first two, three minutes in the game, I tore my meniscus. And that was the fifth game of my college career. Um, yeah, went back in the back. They told me I got to get surgery for my meniscus. And um, after that, I just talked to my parents and like, it's a wrap. Let's, let's get the process going. I want to I want to achieve my dreams. Um, let's get this knee right and achieve my dreams to just enter the draft. So, uh, I mean, we did that and the rest was history after that one. And so you you go on at that point. Um, how long between when you decide or when they say you have to get knee surgery and then you make that decisions with your that decision with your parents? How long was it? from there until you deciding that you were going to sign with Clutch and actually start your draft process? So when I got, when I got hurt, I told my parents from the jump, like, I want to enter the draft. I don't, I don't want to go back. So then um, I started doing some rehab on my own, um, just staying in touch with Rich and Luke and a couple other agencies. But um, I moved to Atlanta to start my rehab in like February. So it, it was probably a month or two right after I got hurt that I signed with Clutch and finally made my decision. And um, that's when everything just started ramping up from rehab standpoint, uh, getting me back on the court and all the draft process started then. And, and was, was there anything, so you, that happens, you start to rehab, you sign with Clutch. Did, did Clutch do anything differently during your draft process uh, than they do in a normal draft process? Because obviously uh, you, you did end up going the fifth pick regardless of only playing, what, five five games or four, four and a half games um, in your freshman, in your only season at Vanderbilt. Did Clutch do anything differently to assure that you would end up still as high pick as you was going to be projected in re- regardless of what your injury status was? No, not really. Um, I mean, we just played our cards right, really. Um, I mean, we didn't do anything. Um, teams came and watched me work out. I did my workouts. And, uh, I mean, I was really just shooting the ball, really. Shooting uh, shooting a lot of floaters, showing my handle. And that was it. I mean, it wasn't really too much going into the workouts. It was just, we're going to do this for about 15, 20 minutes, and we're going to get up out of here. Oh, that's great. Because uh, I... When I saw you play, especially when I saw that game at USC, I'm like, not 100%. This dude got to be the top point guard in the country. But then when you go down with the knee injury, obviously you're six two on a good day. I'll give you six two on a good day. I, um, <laughs> I was a little worried because I'm like, ah, now he's coming off the knee injury. How does that affect you? And then to see that you still go fifth overall, um, I thought that was exciting. But I was also a bit confused, and the reason I was confused is because the Cavaliers had drafted you. And if I'm not mistaken, that year right before that, they had drafted Colin Sexton with the eighth pick, um, who was also a point guard, highly touted point guard coming out of Alabama. And then they drafted you right after. And the reason I was confused is because it was two smaller guards. And it's like, okay, you know, sometimes you make that decision of, oh, this guy is going to be a two. 
and that's totally fine. But, you know, Colin is, is what, 6'3 on a good day, you know? And so I wondered how that would work uh, with them drafting two guards. What were they saying to you once they drafted you about already had, about them had just drafted point guard the year before? Um, that's when Dame and CJ, that's when they had their crazy run. So they was just pitching that to us. We can be the next Dame and CJ. Um, I can play off the ball a little bit. I can play on the ball. We could just mix it up and we just always have to be aggressive. Got to stay in attack mode. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I was going with it. Um, I mean, Bull is still my guy. Uh, Mm -hmm. that's one of my best friends on the team. So I I was rocking with it. And, um, I mean, that just fell into place like that. That's that's great. And I think uh, y'all having that bond definitely helps because there has been times uh, where, like, people haven't has hasn't felt like the fit was working. Uh, they felt, you know, you've had people saying they felt like the Cavs needed to move on from him, that he was standing in your way. Uh, you've had opposing players on other teams saying that, you know, I saw the report saying that uh, his own teammates didn't like playing with him and all of these different things. And the reality is, I felt like no matter what has happened, uh, regardless of the players saying that, um, regardless of what the fit may be, you've always shown, shown that support for him, regardless of what that situation has been. Why, has, why is that? Um, I mean, that's my brother. Um, I've known Colin since I was a junior in high school. So... I mean, getting drafted, it was like, I got a big brother. He's been in this league longer than me. He can he can show me some of the ropes. So I always took that. And then just our bond on the court. Like, people thought that we were feuding because we were trying to battle for the same position, but we really weren't. Like, we were just trying to figure everything out. I was young. He was young. So it was just trying to figure out how this whole thing was going to work. And that's all it was. And people just took it out of proportion, thinking that we were feuding about get in a position when we weren't. And, and I think, I think uh, you know, with the year that you're having, obviously becoming an all-star and, you know, not only the year that you're having individually, but also the year that the team is having. And with what we will discuss in a minute, it's now natural that, you know, once he comes back from his injury, that he'll probably take on the six-man role, which I think is incredible. Uh, when you have a team like you guys have, and very young, by the way, which is exciting, which is probably, the fact that you guys are young is probably more exciting than the fact that y'all are having a great year because you can't help but to look ahead to the future and think what this could be. If everything pans out, obviously everyone needs to stay healthy. But I think he naturally, uh, and coming, you know, and this is a contract year for him and, you know, things will be decided. But if he was to return to the Cavs, he may naturally end up as the sixth man. And to have that player, um, a player of, Cali- of Collins' caliber uh, coming off the bench, I think that does wonders for your team. How do you feel about that and where he may fall in the rotation, uh, whether he returns this year or next year? Yeah, um, I think Collins will fit in perfectly with us um, at any position. Um, I mean, he comes in and he's going to get it regardless. So, um, I mean, just having his tenacity, his intensity, um, his scoring ability, and just like I don't care mindset. I mean, I think anybody will just love to have Bull, and I know our organization will too. 
That's beautiful. Um, beginning of this year, obviously, Cavs have struggled um, since LeBron left. Uh, there was no surprise there. And we come into this season, and the casinos have you guys projected to win 27 games. Now, you've already won 33, and we probably still got about 30 games left in the season or somewhere around there. And you've already won 33. What do you think has allowed you guys to be as good as y'all have been and so much better than what people expected? And and second part of this question, did y'all as an organization, as a group, expect to be this good or did y'all kind of surprise yourselves as well? I think coming to training camp, well, I had a feeling coming to training camp that we were going to be really good. Um, just adding, adding Evan, another seven-footer, adding Laurie, another seven-footer that can stretch the floor, and then just seeing what we were doing in training camp, I mean, I really liked, I really liked our team coming in. And, um, I mean, Coach Bickerstaff, JB, he just has everybody locked in right now. Um, Defensive-wise, I mean, that's, that's our whole thing, defense. So when we get into stops and just locked in on taking that one-on-one challenge, I mean, I think we're really tough to beat. So just having that mindset of just helping the next person and then just having that one-on-one mentality, like you at the park in the old days and it's a one-on-one battle that you got to go against. Like, I think that we're really up there. And we, I know we surprised a lot of people. And I think, I think we won the best teams in the league, bro, to be honest with you. I love. I, I absolutely love the confidence, and you you spoke about Evan Mobley uh, and, and you know him coming in, and I think he's had a, an amazing rookie season. To be honest with you, I you know I I watch college basketball and I kind of keep up with the draft and you know this guy's projected here and I try to watch all of these guys coming into the league. Uh, number one, just because I love basketball. Number two, you better know who's coming in behind you and who's coming at your neck and who's coming for your spot. Right. Like, you just got to understand that and being in this league. And if you don't, before you know it, somebody be taking your spot and you ain't even see them coming. But um, in watching last season, I was a big Evan Mobley fan coming out. And the reason I was such a big Evan Mobley fan is because you'd see at times when he'd get the ball how skilled he was and how much he can do. But didn't always get the ball. And yet, no matter what, his impact would still be all over the game. I was watching one game last year, and a guy caught the ball in the corner, wide open. And Evan was standing underneath the basket, like all the way underneath the basket. By the, the guy caught the ball, and he's a shooter. So, you know, a shooter catch a corner three. He lock and loaded. It's going up. No thought. No delay. Like, it's going up. And the guy caught the ball, and he went to, locked it in and went to shoot. And Mobley blocked the shot. And he was standing under the rim when the guy caught the ball. And I couldn't believe it. And I caught our, uh, one of our guys from our front office. I said, Evan Mobley is incredible. I personally think he's going to be the best player in this draft. And so, you know, he's having a great year and saying all that. He's having an incredible year. What impact do you think he's had on y'all team on both ends of the floor? Yeah, Evan is very impactful. Um, to be honest with you, we changed our whole defense around him and Jared. Um, just them two, just protecting the paint, 
And then when Jared goes to block shots, Evan is right there. It's just two seven-footers just sitting right there. So, um, I mean, even if Evan's not having a, a good game offensively, he's going to change the whole dynamic on the defensive end. Um, he can switch one through five, move his feet, contest a lot of jump shots from guards. Um, he likes to be physical in the post. He likes to bang in the post offensively as well. So, I mean, just his impact and his presence just makes everything totally different on both sides of the floor, to be honest with you, bro. And a lot of you speaking of Jared Allen, a lot of people thought that he should have been an all-star right alongside you, which I agree uh, with the year that he's having, with the year that y'all are having. Y'all are a game and a half out of first place in the East. Uh, How y'all didn't get two all-stars. Quite frankly, I think it's a reputation thing because no one expected y'all to be one and a half games out of the East this close to the all-star break, first place in the East this close to the all-star break. So I think it's a reputation thing more so than his production. But I agree with a lot of people. I thought he should have been an all-star. But, you know, Mobley, Jared Allen, those are two traditional big men. Um, how has that worked to y'all benefit? Because two, you go two traditional big men nowadays and most teams get ran out the gym. Yeah. Yet y'all are having this season. What has allowed y'all to have this type of season with with playing two traditional big men as opposed to how the game is played with by most teams today? They like playing with each other. <laughs> like, um, I mean, they both run the floor. Um, I mean, they just work really well with each other. Um, a lot of teams are starting to, like, front the post a lot more. So mm-hmm. Evan is a really good passer, which is really crazy at seven foot. Um, so like Evan, he'd get it high, low action, get in the mid range area and just throw the lob up to JA. And then like, it's an easy two points. And it's the same way with Jared and Evan, just Jared comes to the high post and Evan just get an easy dunk. So it's just like them just working with each other, like having fun with it. Like they just play with the game a lot, like Mm -hmm. a lot of ball screen action with me, um, and now it's like a lot of four or five ball screen action. When Evan has the ball in his hand, he comes off. He got the mid-range shot or he just th- throw the lob to Jay. So it's just them having that good connection it's, and it's growing every day. Like you can see it in practice. You see it in games. So, and they just have fun with each other, bro. It's, I mean, it's really unique to see, like you said, just two traditional bigs. But, I mean, it's working hand-in-hand right now. <laughs> You know, the funny thing about this league is a very copycat league. And a part of the reason the two traditional big men has gone away is because we started winning championships and then everyone just copies that. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, as you guys continue to progress and as you guys continue to grow based on the success that y'all have, if y'all have a ton of success, if y'all are possibly uh, able to win a championship one day. It'll be interesting to see if everyone will see that lineup and start to move back towards the true two traditional big men. Because the NBA goes in waves. Like I said, it's a copycat. It goes in waves. Someone has success with this, and everyone thinks they need to move towards that. So I'm interested to see how that plays out over these next couple of years. But and speaking of the next couple of years, uh, as I said earlier, you guys are a game and a half out of first place. What do you think? the ceiling is for this team? Sky's the limit. Um, we're super young, uh, really talented. Uh, you just added my man, 
Karis LeVert, um, a nice to go out that can really score the ball. And I mean, another thing, we play defense. Like we like to play Absolutely. defense. So, I mean, when we're just gritty and playing with that toughness, I mean, we can we can go all the way, in my opinion. And and a, and a lot of people think, a lot of people say I've I, I've read some of the things people say. They're like, oh well, you know, they're having a good regular season, but they won't be able to compete uh, in the playoffs because they're so young. What do you have to say to that? I heard this for my last three years. We're young, we're young, and I'm tired of hearing that excuse. I'm tired of hearing people just saying that we're too young. I mean, we play together. We play basketball together as a team. And I think that's going to take us further than a lot of people expect us to go because we play together. We play on both ends of the floor and we play hard. Like it's not a lot of teams that's just going to outcompete us. Um, and that's, that's what we go by as well. JB always on us about toughness and outworking our opponents. So when we outworking people playing with that toughness, playing with that grit, we're really hard to beat. No, for sure. And I, you guys made a trade the other day. Uh, no surprise to anyone, as we all know the news. Um, but I have some thoughts on that trade. But before, I want to hear your thoughts on the trade and and what I want to hear on your thoughts. Because what that trade said, that trade said a lot to me. That trade said, like, y'all front office, Kobe Altman, um, the GM, y'all front office isn't just seeing this like, oh, you know, we got a good young team. We can build this thing over the next several amount of years or whatever. You going in for a piece like Karis LeVert, that means you're trying to plug holes that you may feel you have right now, which means you think you can win right now. And, you know, and bringing on a guy like Karis, and I know you just you just briefly spoke on uh, his shot-making ability uh, and another guy who can handle the ball. Um, I personally think, it's a great move because he's, he can take you off the ball and he knows how to make plays. And now you can kind of go into, you know, catch and shoot mode more often than you get the opportunity to do. Uh, what do you feel like this trade opens up for y'all and uh, bringing Karis on? Um, I mean, just bringing another guy that can be dynamic on the ball. Um, he can go get his whenever. Um, and then it just makes us longer defensively, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Um, I mean, Karis, he's legit 6'6", six, six, um, really athletic. Um, I mean, like you said, just filling the hole so we can make that next step to being successful and getting more wins, getting more playoff appearances. So, I mean, that's our whole goal. I mean, I've been trying to tell Kobe that for the last three years, even though he thinks so last two. But I'm telling him I want to win. So just bringing Karis on, I mean, we we really think that we have a chance in our locker room and our front office really believe in it too. So I'm super excited about it. That's incredible. I'm excited for you. Uh, and speaking of Karis coming on and you getting off the ball, a lot of people uh, compare your game to Steph, obviously with the tight handle, uh, with the shot, but also having that flow game. You know, you see a lot of guys, they can play on, one level, uh, some guys can play on two levels, but not many guys can play on three and four different levels, whether that's shooting the three ball, whether that's a couple steps in front of the three, shooting the mid-range, uh, the flow game, or getting to the cup and finishes. 
you're actually one of those guys who can play at all the different levels, i.e. Steph Curry, and you get that comparison a lot. Was Steph someone that you kind of modeled your game after uh, and, and watching him as you come up playing the game? Or do, is it just coincidentally that that's the path that your game is going on? No, I watched Steph a lot growing up. Um, Steph was definitely one of my favorite players growing up. Um, I mean, Steph changed the game for all of us. Uh, shooting a four-pointer, well, not even a four-pointer, but <laughs> we call it four-pointers. <laughs> I mean, shooting a deep ball and, like you said, playing three different phases of the court. Um, so Steph was definitely one of the guys that I watched a lot. Um, Kyrie is another guy that I watched a lot. Um, Dame. Um, and I go back to Steve Nash. I, I like Steve Nash a lot. Um, I like Baron Davis, just his creativity. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of guys that I watch and study, but I just want to be the best version of me, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I'm an all-star now, so I just want to be like me. I just want to do the things that I want to do um, and then just try to get better at it. I want to be at the top just like y'all. So I'm working towards that. You heard it. I'm an all-star now. <laughs> don't, don't skip over that part. I'm an all-star <laughs> now. Love to hear it. <laughs> but uh, in, in that same light, uh, and, and guys with mentorship, with possibly mentorship, and I think you just had a great one, uh, and Ricky Rubio. Uh, do you Did you feel like, because you and Ricky Rubio was playing well, and I mean, there were lineups. I think one of y'all best lineups this year was with y'all two on the court uh, together. What did you learn from Ricky Rubio? Did he help you out a lot? Obviously, he has a ton of, ton of experience. And not just in the NBA, he has a ton of experience uh, playing in Spain, playing for Spain uh, as far as Olympics and World Cups and, you know, world basketball goes. Um, very, very, very smart player. Did, did you find playing with Ricky Rubio ben beneficial for your growth? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Ricky taught me a lot. Um, to be honest with you, Ricky was the first person that really got on me about leadership this year. And that really made me turn, like, the next page, I believe. Um, Ricky was just on me all the time, just about being aggressive, keeping everybody engaged, and then just having that killer mindset, like, this is your team, like, this is this is all yours. So Ricky, it was just how he went about his day and the consistency that he put in and everything to do with his body, just staying healthy and just bringing that attitude to the game. I mean, like... Ricky, Ricky was amazing for me, to be honest with you, bro. Yeah. Ricky changed. Right. Ricky changed a lot. That's incredible. And, and it looked like that. And I think, you know, it helps when you have um, a young team, especially a young point guard like yourself who, ha who does not have much experience. I've seen over the course of time, like, you know, a team bringing a veteran point guard, like, you're not coming to take the spot. Like, that's not happening. But you come and bring that mentorship. And I, just watching from afar, I thought that that was a big help for you because you could just see certain changes uh, that you've made. Your decision-making has gone up a, a, a another couple notches. Uh, your playmaking, like your shot-making. But all of those things go hand-in-hand. -hand. You know, like it's taking the right shots. You know, it's seeing the floor differently. And obviously, you've always had court vision, but... All of those things is taking a step up. So it's great to see them bring a guy in that can help the growth. And what like I hate nothing more than a team having all young guys. Like we're gonna like 
who's there to teach that young guy what needs to be done? Or you just think he's going to figure it out on his own? Like, yeah, there's some things that you are going to figure out on your own just by playing and, like, you learn and you see those things. But there's other things that you can see it a million times and you're not going to understand it until someone can help you understand it. And I think when you have veterans, it's always better to get certain things from a veteran player than it is from a coach because right. you just you just take it in differently, you know? Yeah. And so I thought that was huge. And now having a Rajon Rondo, who in my mind is top five smartest guys in the NBA. Uh, have you saw any benefit in having Rondo around? Yeah. Um, literally the second day I met Doe, I'm, I'm on the phone my pops. I'm on the phone my dad. And we were on a bus on the way to SAC. We, we're leaving y'all on the way mm-hmm. to SAC. I'm like, I'm talking to my dad, and I just hear somebody in the back, DG. He just screamed my name. I'm like, what? I just instantly hung up. I'm like, dad, I'll call you right back. Hold on. Doe called me. He like, come back here and watch this film. So he watched the whole film from a Sacramento game. So I'm like, nobody never did that with me, literally. Mm-hmm. Like, you the first, I told him, I said, you the first person that ever called me in the back of the bus and watched a full game with me. Like, and that meant a lot to me. That was the second day I met him. So That's that connection in there, um, he's teaching me a lot. Um, I come pick his brain like during timeouts to see what he sees on the floor. And I'm telling him what I see. And um, I mean, he's a, a master in the pick and roll. And that's all we run nowadays. So just trying to see like different spots and different reads of where people want the ball at. So, I mean, he's been a huge help for me as well, for sure. That's beautiful. And honestly, them bringing, them bringing in Rondo, obviously to help, you know, take on the backup uh, point guard responsibility. But it also, it, it really shows their commitment to you uh, as their franchise player, as their point guard, because they keep surrounding you with guys that they know that, that they know are smart, that they know truly understands this game, and most importantly, are leaders and can help teach. And right. it's a beautiful thing that they've done. I'm excited about it. Uh, and before I let you go, because uh, I don't want to take up much more of your time, before I let you go, I need you to tell me, I need you to tell the world what you told me the other day when I called you about this trade. I need you to share this with the world so they can hear it here first. <laughs> um, what, what did I say? Okay, so clearly he does not believe what he said. I definitely believe believe what I said. I definitely believe what I said. Okay, so uh, this is my little brother. Um, We've continued to build that relationship over these years. Um, And I don't take those relationships for granted. You know, when you had an opportunity to build with a young guy like DG or younger guys in this league, like you have to do that because the reality is you owe it to the game and Pete Myers told me this years ago, like, you owe it to the game to give back to the game. You know, like, you owe it to the game to lead this game in a better place than it was when you found it. And the only way to do that is to give game to the young guys. And so I take these relationships serious. Um, and when they do well or when good things happen around them, I get excited as hell like it's happening to me. So the trade happens the other day. I call DG. I'm like, yo, I like that trade for y'all. And DG like, man, I like that trade a lot. Like, that trade makes us a lot better. 
da da da. I wouldn't be shocked like Warriors Cavs in the finals. That's what DG told me. Now, <laughs> quite frankly, everyone knows my uh, track record with the Cavs in the finals. There's not many people that can actually get me to root for the Cavaliers organization because, like, we know the history. Like, why would I root for them? Uh, it just don't make sense. Like, we know the history of that. I cannot root for the Cavs. Yet, um, my love for DG, my little bro, I do root for the Cavs now. So take that to the bank with y'all. I root for the Cavs now because I like to see DG do well. Not because I love the Cavs organization, because y'all still stole a fucking championship from me. <laughs> so uh, it is what it is. But no, I'm definitely rooting for y'all. I uh, want to see you do continue to do well. And most importantly, want to see you know your team continue to do well because that'll only help your trajectory, my brother. So... I'm rooting for y'all. I hope to see y'all in the finals, as I do believe that we'll be there. Um, I do hope to see y'all there and kick Cleveland ass again. <laughs> DG, much love, bro, man. I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you. So for all of you that say you love the game of basketball, you love the basketball conversations that we have on the show, obviously we're only here once a week. I uh, wish we could do more, but... The NBA is a little bit taxing and it requires just a little amount of time that, you know, kind of got to stick to that in four games in a week. But if you are looking for more basketball conversations, then you must check out the Jenkins and Jones podcast. Also on the Volume Podcast Networks. Ironically enough, it's like a hilarious mix of basketball and comedy and like some of the most random internet topics uh, you can imagine. So, Definitely check that out. From all your favorite NBA Twitter personalities, LeJethro Jenkins, Dragonfly Jones, to make sure y'all download the Jenkins and Jones podcast whenever, wherever you get your podcast, only on the Volume Podcast Network. As you know, always excited to have those conversations, uh, whether it's you know, a guy who's done it before me or whether it's guys who's doing it at the same time I'm doing it or obviously a younger guy who's also doing it at the same time but obviously has uh, much longer to go in his career than I got left, you know. So I love having those conversations and you know, I always call them DG to PG. We both DGs. But, uh, you know, when you have a personal relationship with guys like I have with DG, um, you know, to see him or them have success in this league, become all-stars, become the face of a franchise, uh, not only become the face of a franchise, but actually lead in that franchise. Like, I mean, we all know, like, it's the Cleveland Cavaliers, it's LeBron James, and obviously Kyrie Irving, but as far as the face of the franchise goes, it's LeBron James. And like I told DG the other day, there's room for more, like, there's, there, there is room for more, and you should take on that challenge. And I think he's taking on that challenge. But, you know, just, like, continue to go and continue to try to raise that bar even more because once you become an all-star, like, now you got to validate why you're an all-star. And in validating that, you got to bring it every single night. So everything just have to take a step up. The way you, tr like, the treatment on your body, your nutrition, like, 
everything has to take a step up in order to continue to not only produce that at that level, but try to exceed it. And so uh, I'm always appreciative of those conversations. Like I, like I said, then it's very ironic uh, that he's doing that with Cleveland because about five years ago, <laughs> you could have never told me I'd cheer for Cleveland. Um, you just couldn't have told me that. Like it's just been too much history with that franchise, but uh, no, no hard feelings. Uh, obviously want to see them do well. Dan Gilbert, Michigan State guy, always rooting for Dan as well. But that's it for this episode. I hope y'all enjoyed the conversation. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on some of these trades, but then also hearing uh, what DG thinks uh, that Karras and that trade does for the Cavs moving forward. So, And they've been a little active. Brought in Ronto through a trade. Uh, and then just brought in Karras through the trade. And I don't see them making many other moves just because where they are as a team, they kind of got a good balance of youth, um, but still winning with that youth. And so I think they're doing a tremendous job. Uh, it'll be great to see how it all plays out for them. But until next week, Draymond Green Show. It's a wrap. Peace. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.